This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Fall is just a few weeks old, but goodness gracious, does it feel like fall outside? There is a chill in the air. I didn't even walk in wearing shorts today. That's how chilly it is. But just because it's getting a little chilly doesn't mean you can't enjoy some fall activities in the great outdoors. One of them is fishing. And there's nobody better to talk about fishing than Lawrence Gunther. Lawrence is the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. Hey, good morning, Lawrence. Hi, Dave. Lawrence, it really does feel like fall out there, eh? Like, holy smokes, it changed fast. Boom, summer, fall. Yeah. Like, no no transition. <laughs> it was like 30 <laughs> degrees last Wednesday, and now it's uh, cold outside. That's how these things go. So, Lawrence, what's the difference between fishing in the summer and fishing in the fall? You know, uh, things start to slow down a little bit. Water temperatures start to drop, but so do air temperatures. So it's much nicer to be out there, you know, when the, when the cooler temperatures are not sweating out there in the boat, you know, full exposed to the sun. Fish uh, start to slow down a little bit, but, you know, they also say they put on the feed bag. For some reason, they know, you know, winter's coming and, and they need to sort of bulk up before, uh, you know, that slow season during the winter. So they gobble things up like like mad. The other thing I really enjoy, there's a lot of bird migration going on. So when you're out there in nature, you know, on a beautiful lake or by shore, and all of a sudden a, a big row of ducks or or a big V of geese come flying by, it's just beautiful. You know, it just adds to the whole mystique of uh, being in nature. What are some of the species that tend to be typical around this time of year? Whitefish is an overlooked species in Canada. It's a really good food, uh, table food, fair kind of fish. There, there are lots of them in many lakes. They're a little trickier to catch. They're deeper fish. So the best way to catch them, and this works well for people who fish by touch, like me, is straight below the boat, right? You're going down 40, 50, uh, 80 feet. Oh, wow. These fish, these fish uh, swim up, though. They swim up and tap your bait. And they taste it. So their mouths, they're bottom feeders. So they're not aggressive like uh, tigers, you know. They're more like sucking it up and tasting it. So I use a little bit of uh, 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 taste on on my bait. I put a little bit of uh, attractant on it. And you can get all different, you know, flavors and shapes. It's spray-on, creams, like a chapstick almost. Just don't confuse it with your regular chapstick. But you smear a bit on your uh, on your lure. They'll take a little tap at it. They'll taste it. And they'll come back and, and 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 bite it again a little more aggressively the next time. So they're not hard to catch, but they're so much fun. And they can get up to five, six pounds. The other one, Dave, the, the fall fish that everyone really loves. Of course, there's Pacific salmon on the West Coast. Uh, but, you know, they're having a little bit of trouble. So it's hit and miss on whether you should actually fish for them. And you got to really pay attention on that one. But musky. Musky is a big one, right? Musky on the Ottawa River, the St. Lawrence River, the uh, St. Clair River the St. John's River, uh, St. John River on the East Coast. The musky, Dave, get up to, you know, five feet long. Uh, they're maybe 60, 70 pounds. Oh, my gosh. These, these are the lions of the fresh water, right? They, you know, they take lures as long as your forearm. And uh, it's absolutely, absolutely explosive, uh, uh, maniacal, crazy fun. Well, that, that. That's got to be a battle to get a 60, 70-foot fish onto the boat if you're actually going to catch the thing. 
Oh yeah. You're using a nine foot fishing rod. You're using hundred pound uh, test fishing line. You're using hooks that are, you know, six aught, seven aught size hooks. These hooks are as big as your finger curled over, you know, the, the nets, Dave, I could curl up in the net. No problem. <laughs> Just curl up for a little nap. Have, have your own little hammock there right on the boat. Uh, Lawrence, what about spaces? You mentioned, for example, the white fish is more of a lake. You're going to go to the middle of the lake to catch that. You mentioned the yeah. muskie might be a little bit more of a river-oriented spot. What are sort of the prime places for fall fishing? Well, the Canadian Shield lakes are, are amazing, right? So, you know, we're lucky in Ontario, you can go north. And uh, and and they're, they're beautiful lakes in the fall, especially with all the colors and everything happening and, and just the smells. And it's just you feel, you taste, you hear nature. It's just gorgeous. Um, you know, the... the the rivers can be good as well. Like all the rivers along Lake Ontario, they're all teeming with salmon and they'll soon be teeming with steelhead as the temperature continues to drop. Um, you know, smaller rivers are good too, but fish are moving around a little bit. They don't move too far. There's some migrating fish that are looking to spawn, but other fish are coming out of the weed beds. You know, the weeds are starting to die off with the cooler temperatures. They'll be dying off soon. And that means they're letting out less oxygen. So the fish that have been hiding in those weeds all summer long are going to start to come out of the weeds and start to move around. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be looking for bait fish. So they're going to be looking for bait balls. They're going to be cruising shorelines. They're moving about. So they're much easier to sort of catch, but you have to intercept them. You know, you're not going to go into where they live to find them. You're going to just sort of troll about in, in boats and your kayak. Uh, that's the most productive way to catch them this time of year. It's just is moving your lure. What are some other tips, simple tips when it comes to a fall fishing slow it down you know the 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 water temperatures are slowing down these are cold blooded animals so as the water temperature drops so does their body temperature and when their body temperature drops their metabolism drops right so in the summer when the water is warm and hot their metabolism is rushing their heartbeat is rushing they need to eat food because they're metabolizing the food much faster so they're always hungry now they're 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 getting less hungry so they're going to start to eat maybe a little bit less a little less often and maybe eating smaller things so, so you know downsizing your bait a little bit too this time of year because they're not looking for that big meal they're just looking for the little snacks you know just to finish off the the, the feed before they head off into the uh, winter when they're really slow down this is always a risky question to ask an angler because we might be here the rest of the day based <laughs> on your answer but what's your most memorable fall fishing story well i think last fall it was about this time of year and uh I did an interview with Adrian Smith. He's the lead guitarist for Iron Maiden. And he, he wrote a book about fishing. He's been traveling with the band for over 40 years. And everywhere he goes, he, he goes fishing. And he wrote a book about the fish he's caught around the world and, and the conservation issues he's noticed. So I said, you know, let's get him on the podcast on Bluefish Radio. Anyways, he was coming through Ottawa last year. He calls me up and he says, Lords. Let's go fishing. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. What I said, what do you want to go fishing for? He goes, oh, he didn't know. You know, so I or organized a musky fishing trip for him. We picked him up in front of the Chateau Laurier Hotel nice. with my truck and my boat. You know, he's just sitting there in front of the hotel and he, get, he comes over, gets in the truck, and we literally fished in the Ottawa River, right downtown Ottawa. And uh, it was a Friday evening. 
And uh, he caught two beautiful muskie. He caught one and he said, look, he said, that's great. And then we said, well, we'll see if we can catch another one. So he got two fish. Each one was 47. One was 47. One was 47 and a half. Those are big fish, right? Probably over 40 pounds each. So he was pretty pleased with himself for sure. And uh, and I got myself some complimentary uh, tickets to sit with his wife in the box at uh, Canadian Tire Center to watch the band the next night. That was, that was fantastic. <laughs> Lauren Scunther hobnobbing with the stars over here. There's no uh, metal guitarist who, uh, who's not a great fisherman that Lawrence won't hang with. I like that one. That was a good story. Uh, Lawrence, uh, speaking of good stories, what's coming up on the next episode of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther? Well, we're looking at water testing and the accessibility of water testing equipment and why we should all be interested in what's going on with our water quality. It's not just about fish health. It's about our health, about the health of nature overall. A lot of things are changing with the with climate change, extreme weather, you know, floods, rains, droughts, all of that. And uh, lots of stuff about that. And the call the whales. And we're talking about whale calls, whale watching. And some new documentaries that have some fantastic uh, audio description out there. So not only are the whales talking, but some people are talking too about what's going on with this <laughs> underwater photography. It makes it so much better. Very good. Lawrence, thank you for this. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Dave. I don't know why I'm telling you to have a great weekend on the uh, first day of the work week, but that's okay. You know, we can already look optimistically uh, towards the weekend as well. That's Lawrence Gunther, the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. You can catch that show weekends at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio, and you can catch Lawrence on Twitter at Lawrence Gunther, at Lawrence Gunther, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, and Gunther is G-U-N-T-H-E-R. In 60 seconds, Alex Smythe has the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minutes. Canada's main stock index gained more than half a percent before the Thanksgiving long holiday weekend. Toronto's TSX index gained 108 points on Friday to close at 19,246. New York markets were back in action yesterday, with the Dow Jones average adding 197 points and the Nasdaq gaining 52. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index surged 751 points, or 2.4 percent. And our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 73.6 cents U.S. Three General Motors plants in southern Ontario are strike-bound this morning. Unifor's national president, Lana Payne, said the union launched a strike against GM just after the midnight deadline passed. She blamed the automaker's unwillingness to agree on the union's pattern bargaining demands it achieved last month with Ford on a number of fronts, including pensions and temporary part-time work. The strike includes almost 4,300 auto workers from GM facilities in Oshawa, St. Catharines and Woodstock. General Motors says it's willing to stay at the table. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. From business to weather, let's bring in Alex Smythe. Alex, all eyes are on some weather in British Columbia. Yeah, Dave, it's a wet uh, start to the work week out in BC. So there's strong winds and heavy rain expected to linger in the area until about Wednesday evening. Then that system will start to make its way eastward into the interior. So some areas could see upwards of 100 millimeters of rain, including places like Tofino and other areas on the island. Meanwhile, in Vancouver, uh, the Rainfall is expected to be around 50 millimeters uh, in total. 
not as much as on the island, but still a very heavy downpour. And rain isn't the only factor. There's also strong winds in the area where there could be some areas along the coast that could reach upwards of 80 kilometers per hour. So obviously there is a risk whenever you're dealing with this amount of rain, this amount, this heavy wind, that there could be things like flooding or power lines being down. So everyone in the region should take precaution if they're out and about during the storm system, just be extra careful. You don't want to run across any issues or any potential hazards. That said though, for a bit of a silver lining, it may be rough conditions now, but that system will clear and towards the end of the week, Thursday, Friday into the weekend, supposed to be quite warm, quite sunny. So there is at least something to look forward to if you're out on the West Coast. There you go. A little bit of sunshine through the clouds. Thank you very much, Alex. Coming up after the break, what should be the standard for staircase accessibility? I know that sounds a little bit like a contradiction because the stair is obviously going to be an accessibility barrier. However, in the world that you live, stairs will always be around. So what can you do to make stairs more inclusive? Well, community reporter Anna Kim explains her preferences. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.